Where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams. And so we can buy vanity plates that spell Emmy winner. That's right. We're talking about that SQL server side gig or the fundraising field. Then there's that old customer service situation. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle. And Jason Bieber. And on this episode, we are talking to an Emmy-winning writer, an improviser, an actor, a producer, and a theater director. I need a breath. You've seen him in about 10,000 or so commercials and on all kinds of hit shows like Superstore, Baskets, Silicon Valley, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Not to mention... A certain Pepsi Super Bowl commercial that caught fire on social media. That Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode, though, really still makes me laugh. Where he's checking out the guns. His face. Let me just call Um, Holt. Let me just call Holt. No one does better faces than this guy. (laughs) But let's not overlook the seemingly insurmountable career obstacle Mm. that this fine artist has overcome sharing a last name with a celebrity. Oh, God. We're back to Bieber jokes. Is that what's happening here, Stickle? We never stopped. Please welcome to the show the ultra-talented, profoundly kind, and charismatic, and dare I say, devilishly handsome, Dwayne Colbert! I was looking around like, who are you guys introducing? That sounded fantastic. (laughs) I I do have have one note. We're already, we're taking, okay, listen notes. It's for Beeps. Um... It wasn't a Pepsi commercial. It was uh, Amazon. I know. Alexa. I was going to say it. that, but I thought maybe there was like, a Pepsi... that was last year. Yeah. Did you do a Pepsi commercial? Let's just record the whole I intro again. And just do you want to take that line again? <laughs> no, I'm I'm going to eat shit on the air. <laughs> I watched that Alexa commercial like six times today, and I was like, one of the one of the rare commercials where people kept telling me they watched it over and because over it, and over. It, it's like a short film. I'm going to tell you six things really about really? me. People, they thought, some people thought it was like a trailer for a film. They were like, oh my God. When they were teasing it, this when they were teasing it before <laughs> the Super Bowl, they teased it. And I thought, how do you know this? Because we have um, YouTube TV. So on my shows that I like to watch, which are network shows, I get commercials. Because don't, we don't watch the Super Bowl. Come on. Not since, you know. I watched Super Bowl 21. <laughs> Super Bowl 21 was the last Super Bowl I watched. What are we on? 47? Something like that. How old are you? The f- I- <laughs> What's happening? You watched I, it. I really know. enjoyed the first three Super Bowls, and then I was I was done. <laughs> After that, you were like, you know what? I should come out of my mother's stomach. How old are you? You said you watched the first three Super Bowls. <laughs> and I was like, where? How many Super Bowls do you think? <laughs> So, oh, I love this story. I don't know if I've ever told it on the show. When Jason Bieber, and and you'll appreciate this, I went on the Norwegian cruise line to visit Bieber when he was doing Second City, as you did, at touring Uh comic relief. That's what I like to call you all on the cruise ship. (laughs) So I went to visit him. It's a break from the buffet is what you are. It's the really worst. They were like, what's going on over there? I know you all had like a great time, but as a visitor in that teeny tiny room, like I was oh, like, yeah, and, like yeah, just in there and I was like, this is the worst ever. And he's like, but look, I have like TV. And I was like, oh, this ought to be good. It's not. But he turns on a show and it was the Titans. It was, you know, college football game, the Titans. Jason went oh, to yeah. USC uh-huh. and oh, he looks right. at the screen and he goes, God, I hate it when they nickname us. And I was like, 
I'm sorry, what? It wasn't the Titans. It was the Spartans of Troy. The Spartans of Troy. Spartans. Jason okay. Bieber went to USC, which are okay. the Trojans. And I was like... Uh-huh. See, that's a, like, I, I, I appreciate the clarification because I can see why I was on the ship and those televisions were very, very grainy. grainy. How you could make a mistake on a visual cue yeah. like just seeing the, the mascot. I mean, you're, you're, you're in the middle of the ocean. You're getting, you know, basic cable that's beamed down to the ship from space. Right. I had no idea how that, how we got television stations out there. I was like, I don't know where this signal is coming from. It's like when you used to live in the dorms and it's like campus television. It's like, Uh here's the campus station. I would rather than what we had on the ship. It was was really bad. But Jason was like, um, what are sports? And I was like, never mind. Let's just do comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what? Yeah. If you got to choose between sports and comedy, um, which one takes the less of a beating on your body? Mm-hmm. Unless you go to comedy, comedy sports. But, unless you go to comedy sports, because then that's the only combination we can that mm-hmm. comes to mind could... of a legit combination of Well, I have one, because the only thing that's that you name. and I have been in together was a Riggles Picks bit. That's right. So that was Probably like acting and sports. I think we were all there that day, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, we were. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was he good had times. to wear the cheese head. It was like, wasn't it one of the? Uh, was like a like a like a Super Bowl one? It or wasn't. It, really it wasn't. It was. Um, it was pre Super Bowl. It was, pre-Super Bowl. It was, like, Bowl. was in it. It was like, a bit they did. Uh, Joel McHale. Yeah, and, and Joel McHale came back and did the same bit every year. Uh, well, Last yeah. year was there. Here, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. But even at that time, <laughs> I'm going to segue here awkwardly. Even at that time, Dwayne, I don't think was working in side hustle because he was already prolific in the commercial business. Yeah. So um, I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up a couple of years <laughs> at the beginning of your career yeah. before you start booking mad commercial money and TV money and go to um, and teaching money and teaching money. Well, yeah, we'll talk about is, teaching because oh, you know, you, like he. The bulk of it. <laughs> Currently teaching, anyway, but we're going to back up a second and talk about that IT job because you, you share that. You oh, share that. You should talk about IT. You should ask Dwayne to come work with you in IT. I don't know. It took him a long time to get connected to this recording. Stab myself <laughs> in the baby toe first before I would go back. <laughs> <laughs> no more um, IT. I mean, I, I remember getting like a Microsoft certificate. It was like this very specific job at this very specific place on this very specific piece of software. And they felt the need to just train me and train me and train me. Uh, I started off as like a temp, you know, just like Once office again, work. Temp. temp. Right? I had just like, was getting like writing work for after working at Nickelodeon. So I was just like, oh, I need some, you know, cash, got family, got bills. Um, so I started off with temp and then they were like doing something ridiculous with, the, with their filings. And I was like, oh, you know, you can just put that in a, Excel spreadsheet, and, you know, they were like, "What? You know things?" <laughs> so it like made this job for me, and that was cool. And then I, I went through like maybe two or three bosses, and somehow my department turned into IT because I they had a piece of uh, accounting software that they refused to give up. It was very antiquated, and it was like had a front end that was ridiculous. So I worked on the back end um, with SQL because I, I <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous, but. Um, Microsoft used it as an office suite, and one of them was like a like a database program you can make. It was very Microsoft visual. Access, on the front end. Microsoft Access, yeah. Access, Microsoft. So I used to copy the code and customize it. So because I used to do that on my own, I kind of knew how to write if-then statements a bit. So they were like, you know what? You kind of know what you're doing. We're going to send you to get some certification. You're really going to know what you're doing. 
And the only SQL uh, stuff I would ever do was writing reports for that specific database, even though I was like certified in it or whatever. Um, this is before like, you know, the algorithms took over, but that, cause that's basically algorithm writing, you know, mm -hmm. those, those statements and all that. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, but it was for a real estate investment company or REIT. So it was a very specific <laughs> company at this very specific piece of software doing this very specific thing. Um, but I did, you know, bless you guys in a little secret. Um, I was taking classes and everything while I was going there. And I was so fucking lazy and hated that fucking job. And no one knew that. Uh, I hope they're not listening. They are. They um, are. They are. We're, huge. We're huge in the real estate field. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like me and this one other guy in the entire place that, well, I haven't named him, uh, that that knew the software or whatever. So they would come to me like, hey, you know, we need this new report because we want to look at this, this, and this. And dude, I would like, I'll put it there and I would like let it sit for like mm -hmm. maybe a week. And then I'd be like, bro, you can't do this because we got this report, that report. You can just, and I would just like never do anything or just like walk around with a piece of paper in my hand, like stare at it. Like, like I hated this piece of paper if somebody was walking the other way. It's you the know, Costanza move. <laughs> it's the George Costanza anything, move. Man. It was exactly that. I swear. Let's I talk about this for a second. I, think I got away with like barely working the longest there because I really wanted to get away and just you know do right. It. But, but you probably accomplished what you needed to in just a couple hours a week, which is why you could just walk around and not. I mean, I worked hard yes. when I was working there. I mean, like seriously, it, it took like some like the most brain power I think I've put into anything since ever. Like for real, like I was a math major in college. Uh, it was just harder than anything I was doing. I was like, what the fuck is it? So when I would have the smallest breakdown, I was like, fuck yeah. Uh, and then I got really, you know, snazzy with it to a point where you're right. I did kind of control my own time, but it was just weird to start off as like a temp who didn't give a shit. I just want to get back to writing to then start taking improv classes on the side while, you know, creating my own job yep. at this place and then end up working in IT where Yes, I started in SQL, but then when I got a new boss, the last boss I had there, he wanted to make sure everybody was in the rotation for um, for uh, uh, mm -hmm. tech support. So I was like first year yeah. in tech support. So I had to learn even more bullshit right. than I didn't want to learn. Uh, <laughs> you know, just do that. So it was annoying, but I, I had some really great people I work with. A lot of them I'm still friends with to yeah. this day. And everyone's very mm -hmm. encouraging. They came to my shows. Um, I, I, to, to relate it back to what we were talking about before the intro with... Uh, working on the ship. I don't know if we talked about that before intro or not. Anyway, by the time um, it came time for the people doing layoffs, they said, here's a severance package. Six Ooh, months. Wow. We, we, we love what you've been doing out there. Go off and just be famous. Oh, man. So that's right. I swear to God, that week I had auditioned for the ships. So I just took that money, that severance, went off on the ship, saved all that money, and That's I never amazing. looked back. I, I can't imagine. I can't. I mean, it's crazy to me how parallel my experience was because I also was a temp, temp to hire, mm -hmm. not working in IT, yeah. got drafted to the IT department. Because um, you knew some things, I bet they were like, "This oh, guy knows things." <laughs> absolutely, like I knew my ass from my elbow when it came to computers, and that separated me from the other ninety-nine percent of the people who worked at the company. Um, and whatever that I mean that that I ended up moving out of IT and into management, uh -huh. but um, and then I also I graduated Second City and realized like I got to get out of here I got to leave this job I didn't get laid off I came to the decision I came to the realization like if I don't leave now I never will because this golden parachute's getting very heavy, um, and and you kept a bottle of whiskey and. 
Yeah, I started drinking at my desk. Yeah. During the day. During the day. Yeah. It's never a good yeah. sign. It's yeah. time to go, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, Mad Men makes it look good, but it wasn't. It's it's not. It's it's not. Good but I also, like, went right from that. Actually, I didn't. I, I left that job and I went almost a year without finding something. And it was a week after I went back to sniff out if there was any way I could get my old <laughs> job back or something like it. And they said, no, that yeah. then I got the cruise ship. <laughs> it's, it's similar to what I did too. I got hires a temp at my, at a corporate job. And then it turned into a full-time project manager position. But really what I was managing was this antiquated system called asset link and like none of their managing mm-hmm. ma- um, marketing people or creatives wanted to deal with this antiquated system. And yet this is the one they were keeping. And so I was like, um, yeah, I'll manage it. I'll manage asset link. And so I learned all about asset link, which was really easy. You guys, it was basically wow. two plus two, but they had one other person that was a manager and she was making it like core math. Is it what that's called now? Like mm-hmm. core math where like you break it out and two plus two is no longer four. They want you to do like one plus four. two equals three and three plus one equals four. But if you take four and minus it three to one, then you have to add three back to make four again. So everybody looked at her like she was nuts because they were like, why are you explaining it to us? It was literally so easy. If you can do like Google Docs or you could, I mean, it was easier than Excel. I didn't understand why they had so many issues with it. And I could whip that shit off in like three hours a day. And yet I was committed to eight hours, but they always let me go on auditions. They were, they were really cool. And when I was shooting something, they were very cool about it. I mean, that is, that is the difference between being able to like be an actor or not. Mm -hmm. Like whether or not you have, you know, um, um, representation doesn't matter, but if you have representation, it really matters because they could just drop you to be like, you're not making it, whatever. Um, but real quick wrap up on on that whole real yeah. estate investment place. I, that's what they gave me severance. When I came back from the ship, I had a rep because I had a commercial rep right before I left. He saw me in a video from somebody in Second City do one line or whatever. He was like, just be ready to audition when you come back. It took me a year before I booked something. So I, had, I needed money too. You know, going through, I didn't want to blow through all that yeah. savings right away. So... Um, my wife got me a job at uh, as a valet at the restaurant she was working. Oh, that's time. scary. Do you know how to drive a shift? I would love to valet, but I can't drive a shift. I mean, all those fucking cars were like, bro, just press a fucking button. It was like high end fucking steakhouse, right? But the very first day, it was the only day I worked there too, because I think they were like testing me out or something like that. Because um, my, my Spanish wasn't very good, so I knew it wasn't a good <laughs> job. Anyway, uh, yeah. Of course, everyone from that office I used to work at Shut came up. Shut up. Get out. Stop it. I'm not kidding. Like, how's that acting working out? I'm not kidding. That's- the worst, though, is that they're all on Facebook yeah. and they want to follow you and they ask you, like, what have you done? Have you seen me in shit? I've done shit. I've done a lot of fucking auditions. Fuck you. Stop asking, asshole. Like, you, they're trying to be nice and I'm just like, fuck off. Just fuck off. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was so funny. It was, it was just like, I was like, uh, just like shrunk this big. I was like, wait, it's all of them. That's- <laughs> like, I'm talking about like top execs and they are, you know, coming in the fancy freaking car. And this like, is, oh, is this within the six month window of, of the severance you're expected? No, no. This is like a, probably like close to a year. Okay. So after the contract, after the cruise ship, you get back. After the cruise ship, I've been back. I was going on, I went on auditions for a year. Before I booked something, it was right at the point where the uh, the reps were like, "Hey, we want you to take a class." I was like, "Okay, fine." 
So I signed up for a class and I didn't take it because I booked right. the commercial. It was like national. They flew me to fucking mm-hmm. Florida. It was fucking awesome. I made like 70 grand off Ooh. that commercial. I was like, well, this is the way it's going to be yeah, from now on. Year's and salary. What? <laughs> and then you get residuals. Yeah, was like, yeah it, was, those, it was like the best. Those commercials, awesome. especially those, like those like commercial. really well-paying commercials are, the, are deceptive. Yeah. They, you yeah. know, it's like that. It's exactly what you just said. It's like, all right, this is it. This, like, I've now made it. And then, like, maybe, the, maybe it's a while before the next commercial, or maybe the next commercial comes quick. You know, it was a shift in how commercials were done too. Right when I, it was like two thousand nine or so. So I didn't realize that the, you know, all this non-union stuff was like taken yeah. away from, you know, the kind of work we're getting. And it was more competition for these nationals and everything. So for a first couple of years. I mean, I was going at it hard. It was great. Uh, I was booking all kinds of crap, man. I mean, like phew, a lot, a lot. And, and, uh, and then suddenly it was like, whoa, wait a minute. Where did it all go? Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, oh, it be a lot more scrappy, you know, a lot more, uh, I don't know, just go for it in a way that I was used to just kind of coasting when it came to commercials. You could get like one, I, I, like I said before, and be good for the year. You need like three or four if you don't want to have mm-hmm. another job. Yeah. Unless you have yeah. a $70,000 commercial, but. Well, that's again yeah. the good old days. Like, how what's that happening again? Like, we're no, not all. I, I, I've I've had a few over the years. I've not yeah. by no means a prolific commercial actor, but I remember my first made like great money, not quite that much, but the great money. And then years later, make get another commercial and think here here it comes here comes that yeah you think <laughs> and the, the the spigot was was quite dry by the time I booked another one. Which is crazy because so many actors were making their bread and butter. So that was their side hustle was commercials. And now it's like commercials plus Uber plus, you know, you know, Fiverr jobs, you know, it's building websites for people. It's whatever trade they can, you know, figure out and finesse a way to be good enough at to make money off of that. Plus their commercial earnings, which is crazy to me. That's crazy to me. Only celebrities are making the big dollars in commercials now. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was always the case with celebrities making the big dollars. Well, you made $70,000 and you were in a celebrity. Well, that was, it took a but year. They funny. might, you know, get there. Yeah, they'll take it yeah. as a fee. Uh, exactly. Right. But but I think what Jamie's getting at with the celebrities is not that they make so much money. is that that so many more celebrities are doing commercials. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, right. it's celebrity-driven oh, yes, business yes. now. Commercials. Absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, Super Bowl commercials in the past, they didn't get a lot of play after okay. the Super Bowl until they started putting a lot more mm-hmm. celebrities in them. And then they got a yeah. lot of play afterwards. Yeah. Mainly because they've paid so much to make it. <laughs> yeah. There are yeah. many movies. Yeah. Yeah. They, they pay an obscene amount of money. It's crazy. I never booked I booked a couple commercials, but they didn't pay like that. It was early on. It was, it was not, and they weren't mm-hmm. national. They were um, regional. It was just two. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was a hair commercial for like a styling I, thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a friend who still has it and I can't find it, but he likes to remind me every year. Remember the commercial when, or the hairstyling thing? The commercial. And he likes to remind me every year. Remember when they dressed you like, um, um, what is Bowie in that star? Are, are you talking about Labyrinth? No, but I did look like Labyrinth. Everybody in the commercial looks very normal. Oh, um, yes. Yes. That's what they dressed me up as. And, 
not for a bit oh, they were just like oh this looks good on you and like everybody else is dressed normal in like khakis and like a t-shirt or something and then they put me and i like it made no sense and also my other commercial is i was the after in in a weight loss drug pill dude you had me at you <laughs> <laughs> I was the after. Like that's it was awesome, the after. Right? It, yeah, I felt very flattered. Like, it was area. very nice. If you had to pick a side of the before or after you want to be you in anything, be like whatever it is. Like, unless unless, unless it's like a post-apocalyptic thing, yeah, the after is better. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I felt a little shitty about it. Like, who's my before? I never met my before. I would, I would, I would not no, I don't. I never even got a copy of it. My agent kept trying to get a copy of it. I've never seen the commercial. I've never received anything. I got my payment, and that was like it. I tried to get a copy of everything I was in, like early on. I was like, you know, get it yeah. off the internet or something. Yeah, like that, just to have. And I thought you can make a reel, and I was like, oh wait, you don't make commercial reels? Like, really? Not really? So I have all the footage, but I've, it's never seen the light of day. Uh, there was a I put a couple on the the reel from time to time. You know, if it's something where it's just me or I'm, it's a big role for me or something like that, I'll put it in and just show I got like comedy chops or something. But like your llama part, commercial, I have all this. Hey neighbor, yeah, like that one. I put that on there because it was fun. <laughs> yeah, that still makes me laugh because uh, it was a fun day. It was a there was a funny commercial I shot where I, I I only had to drive like a few blocks away from my house. I live in you know Pasadena right near Altadena. Oh, you're right border. by us. So I was like, oh great. Yeah, I was like, dude, I could just drive up the street finally. It was awesome. Yeah. I want to know when you were valeting, like what? that day, like literally for a day, the one day I did valet. Yes. Was it just seriously just that one day? I'm not kidding. It oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they're like. Did you like out. crash like, anything? You had to go, like, a certification. No, I didn't crash it, but I did lock. I'm thinking about like Mahoney in like the beginning this. of Police Academy. <laughs> not quite Mahoney, but. Cars nowadays, especially high-end cars or European cars, or I guess not just European, but high-end cars, you know, they don't have keys. They have these. So a guy, yeah, the, the, the guy um, left the car running. Everyone just leaves the car running and just goes inside this restaurant. Uh, but he left the car running and he took the fob. Oh. And I parked it and closed the door. And they were like, bro, how are we? No, I, I parked it, closed the door and turned it off. And they were like, well, you can't park it there. You parked it in the wrong spot. How are we going to move it? I was like, I don't know. Can we just go get it? They were like, oh, we don't like the going in there. But I was like, what are you talking about? What's the big deal? We can just go. You know what I mean? We can just go get this guy's guy. Just, I'm sure he hasn't sat down yet. They were like, no. Nah. They were just really pissed over that. I'm like, how would you know, know that? And it's, it's a parking crazy. spot. Right? So what? Yeah, who cares? Whose parking spot was it? And, and, and there were a lot of spots there that day. There were a lot of spots. Until but your whatever. real estate team showed up. Um, until my real estate team, where I used to work, showed up. And those guys were like, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> but they literally did a double take too. One guy, like, I swear, guy felt like he tossed me his keys rather than hand him, which is, you know, yeah, fuck you. But on the toss, double take. Oh, hey, don't wait. And then, you know, you got to bring in the other people. So it was like, uh-huh. guys, I swear. That's wrong. With all the slow did, you, <laughs> did you just say you were, you should have said, I'm studying for a part that I got in the new movie. Oh, you're blocking my shot. Came to my blocking the shot. This is hey. hidden camera. I was like, hey, guys, how's it going? Living that active life. <laughs> this is the thing that I try to impress upon the people who listen to the show because a lot of our audience are not in the business. you know. So they don't, you know, like, 
you work really hard. You've made successful moves. People have seen you on TV. And then you end up, the one I always come back to is stocking groceries at Trader Joe's. And like people like blow it out of proportion. And you're like, this is the life of an artist. You have ups and you have downs. You know how I I, I try to describe acting to people who uh, don't get or don't look at it like a job? Excuse me. I was like, imagine having to go to your job and before you can sit down at your desk, you get an interview for your job every day. Every day. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. like I'm already yeah. an actor. I have the job of actor, but I got to prove it mm-hmm. every yeah. time. You can't just like phone it in. You got to be like better than hundreds, if not thousands. But not of just people. an actor. You what were writing you? at Nickelodeon. You, that job got eliminated, oh, yeah. and you ended up in IT trying to get back to where you started. Yeah. Because it's so it's the same for writing. It's the same for acting. You're constantly okay. wondering okay. Yep. Uh, where the next job is going to come from. You're always interviewing. Uh, a guy next to me, you're always good as your last script. And I've always kept yeah. that close. I tell my students that. Whether you're a writer, whether you're an actor, any, basically any artist, as, as, as I'm thinking about it now, unlike mm-hmm. any other job, no other job comes to a, a conclusion. I mean, I guess if you're like in construction, right. you finish the building, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, you have, you always, you hopefully always have the next job lined up, you know, and you, it's like either you're like not, or be like going to get, stop getting roles if you're getting roles or you're hopefully going to get better roles. It feels like that's the only paths there are in some way. You'll either stop getting roles or you'll get mm-hmm. better roles. Or some people just, stay in well there's so there's levels in in acting uh, or tv acting really um there's a there's a lot of people who are always co-stars that's that you see them in everything yeah. they've got one or two lines and you're like i recognize that guy he's the guy from bosch or he was and he was also in growing pains and he's still doing two lines <laughs> um true story um or there's the guest star and you get stuck then which is the next step up yeah, where yeah. you're just a guest mm-hmm. star on everything. And then the next one is recurring guest star. So now you've got like, mm-hmm. you come back and you're like, yeah. And then there's series regular. And I feel like that leap yeah. is so hard to make. If you don't start as a series person, it's really hard to make that leap for a lot of people. You, It really is. Uh, you know, breakout talent or a lot of people on your team or yeah. have a team and also with talent. Well, I'm I, I, it's hard for you to say you break out talent because quite honestly, uh, if you don't have breakout talent, like you're not even in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. You know and I mean, like everybody's talent. It's like going to college or something where you were the, like the valedictorian in high school. It's like, so what? Everybody's yeah. smart now. Uh, that's how it goes with acting. It's like, yes, you're talented, but do you have people in place? Do you, are you, do you have the right relationships? Are you doing the right things? Are you taking the right training? Are you always trying to get better? Are you keeping your ear to the street about what's going on? Are you putting yourself out there in a way? Or, you know, are you creating your own stuff? It's like, you got to do so many things just to what you initially thought was going to be one thing. <laughs> so it's really eye-opening that acting has opened up so many different parts of myself that I never thought, I don't know, I'd either explore or utilize or, especially when it comes to comedy, I feel like in comedy, you use everything you've ever learned. Yeah. You know, for in some way, shape or form. Um, I don't regret the actor or artist life. Uh, I fucking love it. I wouldn't rather do this than anything is, else. That's awesome. You know, you guys know we're in the trenches, you know, at taking classes and and putting up shows and all that. Um, I'd rather do that than anything. I mean, I would I would literally pay them. We were paying them, and success for us was to get to the point where we didn't have to pay the play. Yes. Right? Or we yes. get on the team or something, we're like, all right, cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to pay anyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's why I freaking loved it, you know, or just wanting to just be around it. So 
yeah, you know, I guess just by doing it, you'll get better, right? We put in the time yeah, to get there's better. This, and then once you get better, what do you do? There's this thing in like, you know? you know, the writing world where you are a good literary citizen, meaning you're going to people's readings, mm-hmm. you're participating, volunteering in events, you are participating when asked or participate, volunteering to participate when not asked, you know? Right, like it's done. the same yeah. with acting. You need to be a good citizen of the community. Like, we're not saying like right. go give everything away for free, but be there, be at people's shows. When people ask you for something, yep. show up and do right. it, you know? Um, I want to thank you my rep. When my friend Jamie Moyer moved to LA from Detroit, I remember when I first met her, she had already knew, you know, knew some people, but she, I remember her saying, anything anybody asked me to be in, I'm yeah. going to be in. So when I, I left for the ship right after I met Jamie, when I came back, I said, I'm going to take on that same attitude, anything anybody asked me to be in, they're fucking asking you, I'm going to be in. And that led to so yep. many opportunities. Same. Yeah, so same. Opportunities. We know Jamie. So She's in everything we ask her to be in. <laughs> she yeah, does she so right. many things <laughs> for us. She is freaking brilliant. And Celeste is always one that says yes. Yeah. And she's yeah. such a star. She's oh such God. a star. Yeah. I love her. I was in a play with Celeste and ABD, Amanda Blake Davis, um, that Jonathan Browning wrote. And it was just one scene, but it was one of the best experiences I've ever had on stage. And it was a short scene, but it was just so fun being on stage with those ladies in that capacity. Because um, I first met Celeste as a teacher of mine at Second City. And I met ABD when she came, moved to L.A. from um, Chicago. And she had already had a rep coming in. And she was just immediately started being in shows. And her name was hot and everything. And she was a dope teacher. So to be on stage with them was just amazing. It was awesome. And I think we'll be friends for life. I wish I could see them more, but this stupid pandemic. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. You know, one of the things you said that uh, I seized on, and I'm trying to seize on every single word coming out of your mouth because actually you're dropping some pretty serious pretty bombs. In, pretty inspiring knowledge. Yeah. Um, but one of the things you said is that, you know, that res- resonates with me is that everything, all of your experience, you use it all. You need, you know, everything becomes a tool. And that's kind of the reason we talk to people about the jobs they've had. Um, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. so many of us have experiences that go way beyond acting class. Jason's going to get real, real here. Right. Not that real. No, huh? it's real. I saw what you circled on that paper. <laughs> She's cheating. <laughs> she does know that I, I want to know what you learned and, and what you bring with you from your week at Ross Dress for Less. Watch all. Mom, I love you for that one. She was so tickled by that week. She like I remember I was I was hanging up dresses because uh-huh. that's what you do. And I, I heard someone say, excuse me, sir, can I help you? Know, I need some help with it. And I turned around and she took a picture of me right away. Like, well, I couldn't, like, I wasn't prepared for it. It was just like one of those. I was like, oh, you're so wrong. And she got a kick out of posting that and talking about it with her friends for like the longest. So the reason why I only worked there for a week was because like I didn't want to fucking work there, but I had to. Yeah. I fucking had to. And then soon as I, I think while I was working there, I booked a commercial and I quit before it even shot. You know, because it takes a while to like shoot it and then like they were, you don't know when they're gonna put it out or I was like, Yeah, out of here, bye. <laughs> exactly. But I was out of there, man. So it was so funny because too, because like one of the one of the people that I worked with, uh, I think she was like some supervisor or something like that. She's like, "Oh, really? But you're so great. I was gonna recommend you for like management oh, training." Of course you were. Like, of course you were. Look at me. Right? There's so there's so many jobs that I've had like that. 
I, I can't, I don't even want to talk about them because I don't know if people well, you're at them on the will be wrong show, listening. Baby. But I, um, <laughs> I had one job <clears throat> where I was writing as a paid writer. I was like, yeah. And I was writing yeah. entertainment for radio and they would, you know, it was, it wasn't supposed to take as long as it was like, so you get paid per day. It would take me 15 to 17 hours to finish. I had to get up at like 4 a.m. just to get ahead of it because it was so much. And I had a two-year-old baby. And I was like, fuck, this is really hard. It came to the point where my day rate, I was making like $2 an hour because that's how fucking long it took me to write this shit. You know, I think I had something that triggers oh. like something. I think I was like some job where you like had to like transcribe God. something. That was like stand in, and it was taking so long. My like hands yes. were cramping. I was like, I think I like quit. Like, you know what? It's not worth it, bro. There are some people that just really can do that technical kind of thing, like transcribing or just like rip the entertainment news from the gossip sites and just write four sentences in summation. Not me. I'm here trying, like, with my second city background, going like, hey, and they would come back to me and go, "This is this writing's too good." We need you to dumb it down. And so I dumb it down and they'd be like, now you're putting too much feeling in it. And I'm like, for fuck's sake. (laughs) They would just keep shooting it back to me, the editor. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. So I lasted. I lasted a month and and I really wanted that job because I was like, I'm a paid writer. I lasted a month. I was like, you lasted longer than I did on that transcribing job, let me tell you. Uh, But I had a different transcribing job where I was a a medical transcription oh, at a hospital one where doctors would at the you know after surgeries or whatever just like stop yes. spouting off their fucking you know what the fuck it is. I forget the even name of these things and I would transcribe that shit. So you had to learn like medical terminology. I had to like take a test beforehand and all this other stuff. Uh it's pretty sweet. I feel like you have a lot of ancillary education, a lot of like certificates. <laughs> lawyers have this too. They have lawyers hire people to transcribe too. And you know what? They hire people to do this now on Fiverr. And like people will be driving and like you hire someone on Fiverr and you just like, you know, over, over your phone, like spout out to them and they're writing it as you say it. And then they send it to you. That's amazing. So by the time you get home, you have the transcription. Is that crazy? (laughs) That's That's a thing. It seems, that seems worth it. (laughs) I don't know. Just use your voice thing and then listen to it yourself later. I don't know. Right? Or, you know, they, I mean, they have like, at least for Apple products, uh, the Mac, they'll transcribe it for you and, and Siri's yeah. pretty good. Word does it. I think Word does it now. I think. Microsoft Word? I don't know. You have a Mac, it doesn't matter the program. You can like, you know, just write down what you say, no matter what, you know, any kind of text uh, input program on a Mac, you just like, what do I have? Double tap this FN button? And it'll just transcribe. He's still an IT guy. He's still like ITing it here. (laughs) I'm never going to let go of your. Uh, You know, it's turned into tech support for your family, which is the worst kind of fucking. Oh, I know. Never. Oh, I know. I know too, because I have to listen to those phone calls. Oh my! They're they're painful. painful. I'm talking about like I'm in I'm in like serious bodily pain. (laughs) Can I tell you what the worst one is? Because I, you know, my my current side hustle, full time hustle, is. IT support. I've got my own IT support company. I'm going to be putting my business card on bottles of Purell and giving them to people. But I help out my family mm-hmm. and I, I don't charge my family. But the work... You can't. They'll be talking about you at Thanksgiving yeah, if you no, charge the, them. The, the, and I won't be there. But um, the, the worst... Yeah, right. 
The worst part of it is when you're trying to do, because I do that like remote support thing where I come in and I can control their computer. But mm-hmm. bridging the gap between the phone call and getting them to the website and getting them to punch in the code and download that one That's piece of software, like That's it's like, oh, I'm so close to not having to deal with you anymore and just fixing your problem and being done. And it's a lifetime. <laughs> Let me. It really is. Because it's like they, it's like trying to explain gibberish to a person who speaks. Mm-hmm. To and honestly, to, to them, I understand to them. They're like, if I knew how to do what you're asking me to do, I wouldn't be calling you. Yeah. Right. Well, let me right. let me just say something about working for family for one second. And I, I don't know how you guys feel about this. And don't pe- do it. People might be like, you asshole. <laughs> but when you have like a service job that you do and you provide a service like computer support or like, <clears throat> I don't know, even if you have a book come out, like your family just expects it, right? Mm-hmm. But if they start a business like right. an MM an MLM or like <laughs> like like they make t-shirts, you're expected to pay for that shit. Like they're not well, sending it to yeah, you. It's kind of like your baseline support should be your I don't know about shit. Maybe I'm putting my own opinions on the others, but has been my family. Like, you know, like whatever it is, they'll get behind you. So you expect the same back. Kind of like as a, you know, not a tit for tat, but you know, Hey, if I have no one else, I got you kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then, and, you know, frankly, the support that comes from family is much greater than like the money, the, um, the money's great. Um, The family will support you when you suck. Like whatever it is, it doesn't matter what you're sucking at, they'll support you when Mm -hmm. you suck. And that's pretty awesome because you, you're going to suck at things. Is he talking about his right? family? So that, that he's clearly talking about his really family. Awful. I mean, because I'm not sure what he's talking about otherwise. What? You can suck yeah. and they support you? Shut oh, my God. Up. I have so many people come to shows. I have people, like, from elementary school. That, like, that's not family. I'm talking about your family. No one. Well, yeah, family, family too. They were always there. I was like a base. I would send. They, they would come to the previews because it's free. You know what I mean? Like family were like they're there. That's sweet. They're there every show. Every show I've ever put up I had some family. And they're in California. I'm from California. Oh, from that that helps, by the that way. Helps. That that definitely helps. Yeah. We're, we're transplants. I kind of fell into this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. That's what I always feel like. It, you know, everyone, all of my friends who are in the business are brave because I'm like, oh, you guys moved yes. here for this? Our From family, Detroit. Our families all hide behind a plane ticket. Yeah, they're like, we can't. Kids have school. Like, oh, it's not far. Yeah, kids We're got school. We're not coming for you. Yeah. Can somebody record it? <laughs> Listen, I gave my parents my first script to read 15 years ago, my first feature, and it was almost optioned. They still haven't read it. And then they're like, well, send us, send us your stuff and we'll read it. And I, uh-huh. I send it and they don't uh-huh. read anything. <laughs> I, I, what? My mom read my first script. I don't even think she knew what a script was. And she read it and loved it, laughed her ass off. I was like, this is great. And she's been a That's fan of it. fantastic. God damn it. I, my brother, <laughs> God love him. This is my favorite, the favorite thing. Uh-huh. Um, first script I wrote, uh, the one I wrote with, with David was, uh-huh. and I sent it to my brother, Jordan. Yeah. And then waited and waited yeah. and waited and then asked him. And he's him, still waiting. Yeah, I'm still waiting. But I finally, like <laughs> maybe six months later, asked him, so are you ever going to read my script? And I, to this day, I don't know if I love or hate his response. He said, great. I'm just going to wait for the movie to come out. I mean, 
<laughs> it's sort of a double-edged sword because he has confidence that the movie is going to be made. But does he? I I will clarify, Mom, Dad, because you're listening. They do listen to this podcast. They are a huge fan of every single person we have on, and they left us a great review on Apple Podcasts. Where are the rest of you? Leave reviews. Just kidding. Just kidding. Kidding, guys. Um, Yeah, I count on family to support. I mean, yeah, I used to do. I actually used to print T-shirts, too. Y'all better buy some of these shirts. Family bought some shirts. I remember I had my uncle. He was in the... um, what was he doing? He was like a, a not a teacher, but like above teacher, some, some kind of like a super educational exec or something like that. Right? Superintendent, something like that, right? And he was in charge of this summer program, and they were like graduating, and they need like t-shirts, and he gave me a really sweet deal. It was awesome, man. I've made like a little chunk of change. Like, thank yeah. God for family, you know? Yeah. Support those dreams. Yeah. Oh, really quick, what part of Los Angeles <laughs> did you grow up in? Uh, South, what used to be called South Central. I think they just call it South LA now, but yeah. Uh, like near USC, uh, Western Exposition. But I used to live in like Crenshaw, I used to live in the South, but we spent most of our time uh, when I was, you know, like the, the formative years on a block called Hobart in uh, South LA. You know, when I was growing up, we used to just walk down there to go to SC all the time. A rocks. Mm-hmm. Just like I run across the street, I go to uh, Fauche, I went to Fauche. We used to call it faux shit. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love growing up in that area, man. I had fond top memories growing up. It was great. I want to just shift gears for a second. I'm a gear shifter. You know, talk, shift with me. You know, I just wanted to ask you, you know, something else that you've done totally different from everything we've talked about <laughs> is working in customer service. Um, you said uh, you worked as a customer service rep for a or and as a physician, yeah, it was a physician referral, referral agency, they also had a division on the other end of it where there was emergency response. You know, that I've fallen and I can't get up kind of thing. So I didn't work on that. I've fallen and I can't get up side. I uh-huh. work on the physician referral side. Basically, it was these group of hospitals, um, and uh, people would call and just be like, "Hey, um, I want a referral to like a primary care doctor that has you know admission privileges at this hospital." So I was like, oh, all right, let me look up your insurance. Uh, let me tell you, you know, about this guy or, or this lady. Uh, they're this, this, and this, board certified, whatever. You just talk them up. And that was a that was an actual job at one point. <laughs> so it's so, kind of salesy. It's kind yeah, of like it was, yep, it was before 1-800-GENIS, but the same idea. Yep. Nice. And what was great about that job, another one of those where I just kind of like started off on the phone, hating life, just hating it. But yeah, I could do stuff. So. Cubicle. I went from that job on the phone to, by the time I left that place, I was managing that whole call center. And I left it to be an artist. I wanted to be a storyboard artist at that time. I was taking drawing classes at the Animation Guild. Yeah, so I I went and got a job and working in animation at that time. And you still work in animation? Uh, Currently on something that's, yeah, I can't really talk about. But before I I had something that was almost a thing at Cartoon Network that was really awesome. We were going to write these three-hour-long special based on these graphic novel series uh, that I really love, too, from this really fun, awesome author that I, I enjoy. I didn't meet him until the, the project. And then at the, at, we turned in a few scripts. We had you know, good report back and forth with our exec. But then they were, uh, his boss, a bigger exec, came from a lot bigger division of Cartoon Network. I think it was from WB. And they were like, what is this? And they <laughs> shit-canned it. So after working for like, I don't know how many months, whatever, we got shit-canned. So that was not awesome. But were you working on spec or were you getting paid that? No, no, I was getting paid. It was freaking awesome. Yeah, it was staffed. Um, it was 
I mean, my friend Carly Birch, yeah, she yeah. Uh, recommended me for that job. Carly had worked with him before, I think, in development. And um, it was really, it was just the three of us, you know, the creator, myself, and Carly. And it was just, I really got to know Carly just a bit more. And she just, I don't know, I just became really close to her. I think we're, hopefully, I hope she feels the same way, but I feel like we're better friends now than we even were before we started writing. Uh, then, uh, when this all clears up, I hope to see her and Tim. Uh, they're so nice. Um yeah, they got married. They got married. Yeah, we haven't asked her to be on the show yet because she was in the middle of getting married, and we were like, "Man, yeah, she's dealing with something." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, but it was it was a really great experience, and I hope to to do more there, uh, or just in in animation in general. Um, yeah, this what I'm working on. Unfortunately, I can't really talk about it yet because I don't think they want us to talk about it. Um, but it's it's gonna be fun, and and it's right up my alley with a couple, you know, combining a couple of passions, and one of those passions is animation. I just want to bring up for really quick. Um, you have talked about storyboarding. I mean, this is the multi hyphenate like we're talking about with artists all the time. You have to have your hand in every pot and be passionate about it. But storyboarding, animation, writing, improv to acting. Went to school for math, but yeah. you won an Emmy. For a show for. we, me and my buddy Neil did with um, Funny or Die uh, called Brainwashed by Tunes. It was basically a archive, mm-hmm. a cartoon archive show where we take a modern day clip, something that is not awesome, um, is very inappropriate. And we'd be like, wow, our cartoon character, our original cartoon character would come on this owl and be like, how did this happen? And we would show through these archive uh, cartoons how we kind of brainwashed to think that so our first episode was um was about um the character of uh the coon how because there was a uh, newscaster who literally on the air this is like two years ago said martin luther coon when he was trying to say martin luther king jr holiday he said martin luther coon so we that clip and we showed we showed several clips of it uh, other clips too where people have used that term um and then we showed through animation clips how that character can be eased into society in a way that normalizes it. And we had celebrities seeing each one of these songs. So the first one was about the character of Kuhn. The second one was about um, uh, women uh, being discriminated against. Like, you know, in cartoons, we saw a lot of other cartoon characters controlling women's bodies. So we showed a modern day clip of, um, I don't know if you saw it, but it was a viral video of a woman working at a bar or a restaurant, something like that. And a guy walked by and, and, and touched her ass or pinched her ass or something like that. And she turned around and beat the shit out of him or like flipped them or something like that. So we used that clip and then went into like, how did this happen? Well, it get normalized that you think you can own women or touch women's bodies. And then the last one was about uh, anti-Semitism and how we normalize just, you know, demonizing um, people of the Jewish faith. And we got celebrities to sing all these songs and they wrote the songs with us. So we got Wayne Brady to sing the song for, about um, the character of Kuhn. We got Leah Thompson to sing the one about um, uh, misogyny and uh, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld to sing the one about um, anti-Semitism. And we won the Emmy for the one, it's called The Bad Guys, that Jason Alexander song. And what the, the most awesome story is that Jason Alexander had been nominated multiple times for his roles on television uh, for Seinfeld, I believe, and he never won the Emmy. The Curse of Seinfeld. And our show. Our show got him the Emmy. That's amazing. Thanks. Congratulations. Oh, my God. You've done so much. We cannot thank you enough for being here. You really are 
prolific in everything you do, like improv, acting, Emmy winning, because you're going to get like 17 more Emmys. I already foresee it. We're such huge fans of yours, and um, it meant so much well, for, for me. you. Really, this is great. I love both of you guys. This is awesome. I can't believe that it's been so long since we've seen each other uh, in person. And this doesn't count, but at least we got a chance to talk and see each other's faces as we record this yeah. audio. So. Bieber, I am bursting out of my skin, excited for next week's guest. Well, of course you are. We're having one of your literary heroes on the show. Yeah, Rachel Housel Hall. She's written one of my favorite book series, and I am thrilled to talk to her and pick her brilliant brain.